When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Brighton Rock, the Albion podcast. With me, Russell Guyver, without my usual cohort, Peter Marsh, who disgracefully has phoned in sick, an absolute outrage. Uh, but I do have, in his place, Mr. Graham Pearson, an Albion fan, friend of mine who lives up in London as well. How are you, Graham? I'm doing very well. Excellent. How are you? Fantastic. I'm very good, very good. I shall be chatting to you about the Sheffield United game a little bit later on, amongst other things. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get... McAllister making his debut, but I'm sure he could maybe hit the ground running in the Palace match. That would uh, make up for it, definitely. Um, we were hoping to get some Palace fans on the show, but couldn't get any reply from anybody. I contacted both of the main podcasts, the Five Year Plan and Back of the Nest. Didn't get anything back from them at all. They bottled it, so to speak. Very disappointing. But, Graham, you are behind enemy lines, I believe. You live in, is it Thornton Heath? Oh, yeah. So... Um, it's an appropriate time to get you on. How is that for you? <laughs> it's okay, but we're very, we're very much incognito. Yeah, exactly. So it's been nearly ten years now, and no one knows. Yeah. Did you well, buy that? You bought in the area, didn't yeah, you? Yourself? Yeah, because we were yeah. renting in Brixton, yeah. and then when we came to buy, couldn't yeah. afford there. We got forced out into the Badlands. <laughs> and well, why not? Why not? So you've invested long term in enemy territory. That's quite an intriguing scenario for an Albion fan. You and your good lady. Uh, Karen as well, who's also a staunch Albion supporter. Um, well, anyway, we'll talk more about Palace later on. Um, and, well, we'll also talk about the Albion match review and a little bit of other Albion news. But starting off, Graham, just wanted to get your Albion supporting history. Now, listeners here, if they're astute, may detect a non-Southern accent to start with. So tell us about that. Yeah, uh, born in Brighton, but grew up in, in Wakefield in West Yorkshire. Mm. Uh, dad's a Brighton fan. So it's, uh, it's all his fault, really. <laughs> Older entirely responsible. So he was from Brighton, yeah, originally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and your mum as well, or she's from up there? Uh, no, my mum's from Brighton. Brighton. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's never really been uh, a massive follower until until recently. Yeah. Um, I kind of supported Liverpool when I was very young. Yeah. I tell, that takes you at the same sort of age as me, then. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not giving away my age, but yeah, 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 exactly. Golden era for Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. Just, but that was just you know, the, 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 you know, the popular team to support. Hmm. And was aware Brighton were in the first division. Brighton were drawn away to Liverpool in the fifth round of the FA Cup in 1983. Ah, so this is the Anfield game, the, the, yeah. the game we won 2-1. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never been to a football match. 
Dad said, right, I'm going to take you to the uh, to this game. You know, he's going to go into he's going as a Brighton fan, and I was going as a as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> and it was a very strange day because I remember very well on the train going over, even though I was saying to Dad, I'm going to support Liverpool. In my heart, I was sort of leading towards Brighton, so it yeah. was it was it was a, it was not you know just not feeling, but I could feel my heart going that way. Um, there were delays going over from Wakefield to Liverpool. You know, this is yeah. a Sunday kickoff. Um, very unusual in those in those days. Hmm. Uh, we got to the ground late. Big queue outside the ground. Match kicked off on time. I think we queued for about 20 minutes and then we were literally the next one's in and the police said that's it we're full really yeah so Oof. yeah didn't so, massively disappointed oh what a so so you picked one hell of a game to be your first game not to see but then not to <laughs> see <laughs> what a gutter yeah that's exactly you almost had a brilliant story there didn't you yeah, exactly. well it was a brilliant story it's but not the way you want to here's how I miss one of my most famous victories <laughs> so this was oh. and this was just you and your dad had gone is it yeah it's me yeah yeah brilliant so by this point were you move? were you travelling from Wakefield so you, you were at you're yeah. up in Yorkshire at this point. Yeah. 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 So at least it wasn't too far to go. No, there was that, I suppose. Yeah, there was that, yeah. Oh, man. So what was subsequently your first actual Albion game? Was it sometime soon after? Did you go to the quarterfinals out of the Goldstone? No, I, do you know what? I've never really... Um, it would either have been a way to Huddersfield or possibly Barnsley... Yeah. It might have been a trip to Ellen Road. Oh. Um, All of which have a particular theme going on there. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that, I'm sorry, the Yorkshire area. But um, so, so you don't remember your first game in terms of whether which which one it no, was? No, so, no. I think the memory yeah. of that of uh, <laughs> failing to get into Anfield. <laughs> I think you sort of count that as your first game, don't you? Really, I think really. Yeah. Either way, was, yeah. you, you picked the right game to go to, definitely. That's all we can right. say on the matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, right. So you've now. I said um, you just you and your dad because you subsequently you've got a younger, I think, brother. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Neil, yes. who I also know very well. Good lad. Um, he's uh, been a bright fan for quite some time as well, along with his missus of Canadian descent. Yes. So it's, it's all in the family, isn't it? Um, so, so how, how old is Neil compared with you? How, he's seven it? years younger. Seven years younger, right? So he wouldn't have gone along to a game till sometime after you did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I can't remember what his first. <laughs> I've no idea what his first game was, but it would have been almost certainly would have been yeah. to one of those Yorkshire clubs. Yeah, maybe some floodlight failure, something like that. A waterlogged pitch, maybe. Quite possibly. <laughs> keep the family yeah. theme going. Yeah. Some sort some, of some disaster. <laughs> Brilliant though, why not? You know, it's more fun that way, isn't it? But no, that's 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 good. So that's how you got into it. So basically, family connection, yeah. historically speaking. Definitely. So what what age were you when you moved to Wakefield? So what, what age were you at this point? Uh, well, we've got a uh, visitor. Yeah, we've got a door swinging. No, we haven't. We're, we're, we're old haunted London pub. <laughs> we, we are in our usual pub. I should explain the Gladstone Arms, and um, the door's just randomly open on its own, which is uh, it tell, tells you it's part of old London, probably. And some ghosts are afoot somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> going back to this conversation. So, yeah, you've got, what age were you when you moved up to Wakefield? 
Oh, well, uh, I was only about two years old. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Lost the accent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Neil, Neil has the same accent as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic stuff. And in terms of now, obviously you're living in London. Yeah. Um, Neil is living in Sussex somewhere, isn't he, I think, as well, by the way. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Where is he? In, in, in Brighton, Brighton, yeah. Itself, yeah. 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 And you guys, do you have season tickets? He does, I don't. Right. Because I've seen you down, you go to a few, quite a few games there, don't you? I'm going to go to about half the games yeah. this season. I think about 12 or 13 aways and about half a dozen homes. Yeah. Not bad, can yeah. yeah. I've known you guys for a fair while, but um, I think I've probably met you before the moment I'm going to talk about, but I think the first time we really sort of uh, got to know each other was the Nottingham weekend, wasn't it? The end of the season. Yeah. Which was the Notts County game. Notts County, yeah. I can't remember what the score was. Is it nil-nil? Or something like I can't remember now. But there were... Two or three things, I think two or three things I remember about that weekend before I forgot a lot more about the weekend. Um, one was that we'd already got promoted, and uh, excuse the motorbike outside, um, we, uh, we'd already got promoted. Notts County, I think, had already survived going into that final game. I right. think that was one thing I remember. Another one was, I think it was the game where Vicky Lank, aka Edna Cravapple on North Stand Chat, was dressed in fancy dress as Queen Elizabeth II. Giving you the old fist pump in a couple of photos I saw in the uh, in the press that subsequently, um, I think that was the same game, and I can't remember which season. So was that the League One title winning season? I can't remember. What, I don't think it was. Was it? Was it? it? Might have been. Must have been. I think it was. Yeah, must have been. Yeah. 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 I don't think it was the last game or the last home game. Oh, last away game. But um, it might be the last of all. Because. Yeah. I got. I remember playing away to Colchester late in that season. Was that the last away game? No, it can't have been. No, it was, it, we were all, all away for it, weren't yeah, we? All yeah. up there, because it was the last away game. Yeah, because a lot of people were in fancy dress. We, yeah. we weren't, but people still laugh at what we were wearing, probably, anyway. Um, but <laughs> I don't think it was the promotion season, then. No, maybe not. Maybe, or was it playoffs? Maybe I think, it, it, may have, playoffs I have, I think it might have been the season. Maybe it was Gus Poyer's first season, when he, he kept us up, hmm. before hmm. we... Um, yeah, the title well, the next season. Maybe it's something like that. I'll have to look into that. Stay tuned, listeners. I'll try and imagine you on that one later on. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But we had a brilliant weekend in Nottingham, didn't we? A whole bunch of us out. A load of people I already knew and you already knew. Uh, got to know you guys, you and Karen. Uh, already knew Neil a bit, I think, at that point. Did you end anyway. up in the Irish Centre? In the what, sorry? In the Irish Centre at Nottingham. Did you end up there? I think we did at one point, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, what? we got up there quite early on. It was on the Friday, wasn't it? We went up on the Friday, I think. Something like that. Or the day before the game, anyway. Um, and we were in the old trip to Jerusalem. On the Friday, yeah, I think on the, the Friday, the yeah. cavernous pub built into the walls of the castle. Yeah. And various other pubs. Yeah, in answer to your question, I can't really remember where we went. <laughs> I remember on Saturday we ended up in this Irish centre looking for <laughs> somewhere to get another drink. Yeah. And got embroiled in a, in a Cayley, which after... <laughs> An all-day session in Nottingham. <laughs> it's a tough gig, Ross. It's a tough gig. It is a tough gig, but it's one worth doing, I think, definitely. I'm not sure if I... I, I think I did get to that, actually. I think we may have branched off somewhere else. Oh, yeah, I was lying in some other gutter somewhere. I don't know. don't know what happened. But anyway, I've known you for quite a few years. Through the years, we had a good laugh. Always a good good chat for away games. Bumped into you on trains quite a few times as well, haven't we? Um, have you... I mean, I've been talking to a few mates about the 92 Club. Well, I'm quite high up on that now. I think I'm on something like 85, 86 grounds. I need to double check it again. You must have ticked off a fair few by now. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I'm about 40 or 50. 
Oh, right. Not bad going, that. Not so, bad, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the away days are always what it's all about, aren't they? Because you have a few more drinks, therefore the atmosphere is better at the grounds. And that's a great laugh. Great I, laugh. I think I, I slightly prefer them. I still do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was easy to prefer them when I first started following us regularly because mm. it was like, compared to Wibdean, it was... Yeah, yeah. So you, well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it always rained at Wibdean. That sounds like the name of the song, doesn't it? But, um, so you followed from the Wibdean era onwards, would, would you say, or were you, did you go back... Would you, would you, you, know, you would have been Goldstone, In 1983, yeah, I went to the so Goldstone. Yeah, so you would have been going yeah. to the Goldstone games. So you've, you've seen it all, you've seen the various grounds. Do you go to Priestfield? No. No, I, I think, to be honest, I was working a lot back then. I, I, only, I worked out, I think I only went to about six games in the two years at Priestfield. And um, even then that was, you know, pretty pretty depressing. Uh, <laughs> but Goldstone era, uh, with Dean and Amex, they've all got their charms, they've all got their quirks, haven't they? What... What would you say is the best and the worst of those grounds for you? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I mean, with Dean, it was just. It what was, can you say about it? You know, it was. Wet Dean. Yeah, wet Dean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it had a little bit of uh, charm about it, in as much as I think other teams didn't really like to go there. Yeah. Just because, because yeah. of the fact it was so. So ramshackle. Yeah, it was, it was very different. Uh, mate of mine, Josh, who does the Together podcast, has recently interviewed Andrew Crofts, um, which was um, which is a good listen. Um, and he was talking about how when he was playing at the Wood Dean, um, we we had sorry slight interruption. We've got the kitchen guys are in at the moment. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're just saying how in the, um, Andrew Crofts found it was a good place as a player. To, to have because it was unique people didn't like it yeah. and they were put off by it and it was um, it was just something a bit weird and a bit different and we had a quite a good record there didn't we? We did I mean, we still had uh, two promotions oh three three promotions all together I think it was four wasn't it? Did we have the back to back titles yeah we had a playoff during that time didn't oh, we? Oh the playoffs and yeah we had the League one, one yeah, title, and the League 1 so it was four out of twelve which is mental. <laughs> now, it could be complained about it, and it wasn't sustainable yeah. financially, but in terms of the play, that says something, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we had it, it had its moments. And a, a few mates of mine are Wood Dean generation, not Goldstone generation, and, and they've said they miss elements of Wood Dean, just that whole gallows humour, the whole us against the world thing, um, the fact that you were just, you know, it was just horrible. It was almost something very British about that, isn't there? But there's something that's just almost enjoyable about the misery. <laughs> and yeah, I suppose in a masochistic kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of a way, yeah. And, and we were, I mean, the football was terrible for a lot of it, to be honest. Even, even in the promotion seasons, it, wasn't, it was quite direct, wasn't it? The Mickey Adams um, era, for example. Um, enjoyable because we were winning, but not, not enjoyable in the, um, in, in the Gus Poyet, Graham Potter type of way. Um, no, but, you know, if you're winning games after the journey we've been on... yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it was knowing where we've been and where we come from to be playing football at all, even yeah. in a temporary athletic stadium, not fully fit for purpose, uh, and to be winning a sizable number of the games. I think we, we all would take that at the time, wouldn't we? And well, it was it, I quite enjoyed quite a few of those years. I didn't ever have a season ticket until last year at Woodding, so that was all. Um, I suppose that was a first of sorts for me as well, Woodding, and we had a few laughs as well. I mean, there's a guy called Keith, a uh, mate, mate of mine, who I believe you know as well. Um, I, think, I think you know Keith, don't you? From, 
Keith, maybe you don't actually. Anyway, I'll introduce you if you don't. He's a good laugh. He's a retirement age guy, but he's, he, he would tend to have a weak bladder and would have to go to the loo before half time on a regular basis that would do. And as such, he would go, right, well, I'll just go and get the teas in and stay there. So we, we'd get regular orders in for the teas and burgers and get him to order them all in. So he'd end up buying about eight teas for everybody. At one point, he phoned in, what do you guys want? We started asking random people in the crowd behind, anybody else, anyone else? <laughs> that is, we had some good laughs, we had some good laughs. And um, I mean, that was that. The Goldstone, obviously, was a ramshackle wreck by the end of it. But obviously, it's the... It's the um, ancestral home you know a tragedy in the end losing it but it was in a state of disrepair and I think something had to change it wasn't quite what we expected obviously losing the ground dodgy owners and the rest of it but um, I mean looking now to the Amex would you would you say you're 100% happy with the Amex or are there things you'd I guess the Amex the, the atmosphere can always be a bit better but in terms of the actual the layout the match day experience I think mean, it's great yeah yeah good you know, when you think yeah. of what we've been through, yeah, I to do. be able to go to a ground like that now is you feel a bit spoiled in a way. Mm. I know some of you, some supporters might say they missed something about the Wibdi in, in, mm. in some ways, but you know, the truth is, you wouldn't want to swap that. I don't think would you? It's, no, no, it, it's hard. I do still. I know it's what six, uh, whether well, six seasons now. But hmm. yeah, I still feel, I still feel lucky. Or you know, I do feel lucky. Yeah, actually, along there. Well, that I think it's uh, about nine years, isn't it? Twenty eleven, I think we moved in there. So time has flown. All oh, right, That's scary. Okay, yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, the point stands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I wouldn't want any. I wouldn't wish anything other than what we've got now in yeah. terms of stadium. Um, I think it's a fantastic facility. Yeah, the atmosphere could be better, but that's. Things will continue to be decent. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's great. Seating, the food, the beers, all of it is fantastic, really, for me. Um, results, obviously, at the moment could be better, but that's another matter. But, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't give it up because Wood Dean was, obviously, it was of its time. But if you look at what's coming on now, with the greater potential alone is, is, is something, isn't it? So, not, not too bad at all. Okay, so we've been talking about your round being supporting uh, story then, Graham, and as, as we've been discussing, you've been going to a load of away games. I haven't been able to get to the games recently uh, away apart from West Ham, um, so I wasn't up there in Sheffield at the weekend. You were. What was your take on the match? Because looking at the stats, everything looked pretty bad. I saw the game on the stream, didn't look any better. What was it like in look, the flesh? Look, <laughs> look, it was a really poor match. Yeah. But, but that doesn't matter. It was a fantastic point for us. A great battling display. Coming back from a goal down away from here, away from home, uh, you know, a tough place like that to go. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, fantastic. And you know, and the way the results have gone mm. so far this weekend, it's, it's an even better point. Yeah. As long as there's no shocks at Anfield tonight. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording this on Monday. I think the game kicks off in an hour or two as we speak, or a couple of hours. Uh, Liverpool away they should be Liverpool should be at home to West Ham should be beating them but we'll see see what happens yeah. fingers crossed yeah exactly um, but yeah I mean I agree with you I think uh, you look at games we've had recently like the um, I'd say particularly the West Ham away game I mean that in the end was the point gains we were looking for three there but in the end from 3-1 down to get a point was great Sheffield United I think 
right from the off, right through to the final whistle. I would have taken the point every minute of that game when I was watching it. It felt like I just definitely would take the point. I was getting pretty anxious towards the end that we could hold out, and we did. And yeah, results went our way. Bournemouth lost 3-0, so that hit their goal difference a little bit as well, on top of um, on top of the fact they lost. And they were playing Burnley. I think Sheffield United's away form is even better than their home form. So I think in terms of home games, Sheffield United and Burnley's probably about equal in levels of toughness. So for us to get a one-all draw, Bournemouth to lose 3-0, it's more than just the extra point we gained on them. Um, I think uh, the goal difference as well was quite telling. Bournemouth are really having some problems. Um, and Villa lost. I think chasing the result, they got caught on the break and lost 2-0, didn't they, at Saints. And obviously, as I said, barring a miracle, West Ham hopefully should lose tonight. <laughs> and if they... <laughs> yeah. We're going to oh, Harry's got spoken too soon then. Yeah, that's the kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, it's all my fault. <laughs> you know it, you know it. Um, but as it stands... Subject to that result, we're four points clear with a superior goal difference, quite noticeably superior to the teams below us. So it gives us a slight buffer, which is nice, isn't it? Um, we do desperately need that win. I mean, yeah. it's starting to yeah. become a bit of a worry. Yeah. The whole really, calendar year, isn't it? We haven't, yeah. we haven't got one. Palace, but, who we played at the weekend, have finally got their first win of the year. I think it was their first win in 11 or something oh, right. that I was hearing. So, I didn't I mean, know they were on such a bad run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been slipping and doing really badly and playing badly so I mean uh, good timing for them to win but um, we really need to now get ours against them don't we at the weekend Um, yeah I mean a lot of draws it's keeping us at least heads above water isn't it those those points but it's not really getting us enough away with some tougher games coming up it's not getting us far enough away is it really I still think it's going to come down to the last three matches yeah, oh yeah, I can't see this being clear before then. No. And we've got some more favourable games towards the end. I think for me it's just it it's important not to be under too much pressure going into those games. For example, being three points adrift or something, yeah. with three games to go and knowing we have to win the game hundred percent out now. I mean maybe that would help us go for it, possibly. But I'd rather be three points, four points, five points ahead going into those last three games yeah, which is feasible but I think you're right it's going to it's one way or the other it's going to go to not, maybe not to the wire itself but it's going to go fairly close to that wire isn't it yeah who, who do you think who's your gut instinct for relegation apart from the obvious Norwich I'm assuming you're going with the majority on that I one still, I think Watford are uh, struggling a bit now they've had that new manager bounce yeah but now results are starting to go you know go against them the defeat home to Everton must have really hurt yeah, yeah, because they were two 0 up, weren't they? And lost three two. Is that? Is that right? Well, yeah, two 0 up, and then yeah. you know, f- yeah, forty fourth minutes, two 0 and you go into half time two two. Yeah, you know, yeah, massively disappointing. You play against ten men and then concede on the break in the ninetieth minute or ninety odd minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, that's that's kind of hurts, isn't that it? That really hurts. And as, as we just mentioned, the three 0 at Burnley. I mean, not an easy place to get a result, but to lose comfortably three 0 um, oh no, it's Bournemouth, wasn't it? Sorry, it was Watford. Watford lost to lost three 0 at Man United. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Again, United sort of disproportionately good position in the table, considering I think for them this season. Um, notwithstanding that, to lose comfortably there when they've not been firing on all cylinders is a poor result as well, isn't it? You could say that, Russ, but if we were lucky to only, only lose three <laughs> one, <laughs> we could have been, right. could have been, could have been a lot more. <laughs> Point well made, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go, there we go. But yeah, I mean, they they they're struggling. They've they've slipped Watford. They've they've slipped 
they don't seem to, they look like the sort of team that might be able to grind stuff out now they've got Pearson, but yeah, as you said, that initial bounce has gone, and they don't seem to be grinding stuff out. Even the game against us, I mean, they were in a winning position and they weren't able to see it out, despite the fact we weren't really offering a huge amount until very late in the game. In fact, pretty much after we equalised, we threatened more, didn't we, really, in that match. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I said with Peter on, I think it was last week's um, podcast, episode 8, so we did three last week, um, was that uh, we, we got a little excited with ourselves, had too many beers. Uh, but anyway, that, that was got slurry as the uh, evening wore on. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we, we were saying that um, uh, probably Norwich are gone, and I think we both decided Watford and West Ham are the likely ones. But Bournemouth, certainly, there's something about Bournemouth. Saying they, they were unlucky at, Bo- at Burnley with decisions, we have to say that. Uh, they may not have won the game anyway, they may not have got anything from the game. But the results are just going against them. They're starting to look like a team that's carrying relegation on their shoulders. Um, there's a certain vibe which makes me wonder if one of the other two, West Ham or Watford, might, might get a lucky break in that regard. I still tend to think we'll be all right, but I don't think we'll be comfortable being all right um, until late on. Um, could anyone else feature Villa? Easily Villa. Yeah, yeah I think... Yeah, they relied too heavily on Grealish. Yeah. That wasn't a good performance on a Saturday by them. Um, they could very easily be, yeah. It's so it's so close to goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go back to the um, to the Sheffield United game itself. Anyway, I mean, obviously a poor game. United were better all over the pitch. The stats bear that out in every way. Um, we had a surprisingly low, even by uh, opposition standards, a surprisingly low percentage of I think uh, passes. Uh, Possession stats, um, everything else, corners, chances, completed passes, none of it looked good. Um, United were clearly the better side, um, however they weren't able to, to get the win. Um, but in terms of the action, first of all, the end of Stevens' goal, when all said and done, it took a cracker to get ahead of us, didn't it? What, what, what was the goal like from where you were? Because it, it was at the end of the ground where... Yeah, it's, in, fr- it's in front of the away end. Yeah, yeah. When you watch it in... First sight, it does look like a cracker. When I saw the replay, I think there's a question mark about Matty Ryan. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah well, I, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's, he just seems to be almost a bit frozen by it. And I think if he makes an attempt to save that, who knows? It would have, it would have taken a fantastic save. Yeah. But you thought but he should have got... I think so. I think got near to it. I think he should have made a, a, some kind of touch. So, so, so hmm. if he made made some made an attempt. Yeah. So do you, do you reckon that's a case of he's trying to judge the ball and then it's suddenly caught him out how quick it's coming towards him? Quite possibly. And at a different angle to how yeah. he thought it was. Because it looked like it had a hell of a lot of vicious swerve on it. Um, maybe he thought it was going. Maybe he thought it was going wide, but yeah. then yeah. you can't really. He shouldn't yeah. be thinking like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, top level goalkeeper. So possible criticism from a defensive point of view, obviously a cracking strike from the player's point of view. Um, other incidents in the game where there weren't many to speak of. For me, Matt Ryan seemed to be man of the match. Any debate on that one, or was there anyone else? That well, no, see, I was thinking about that question on on my way here, and I said I need to caveat my answer. Yeah, or explain. I didn't know I was going to be here today. And if I had done, I maybe would have not continued imbibing on the return journey or at Weatherspoons at Victoria 
or, or getting in and playing vinyl records until 2 or 3 a.m. So. <laughs> Good lad, sounds like my kind of a way, Dave. <laughs> but but on, on reflection from what you can remember, <laughs> would, would you say, I mean, it, it looked like it was poor performances outfield all over the place. Um, I, I don't know, I just think it was... If it had been a, if it'd been a poor performance, I think we'd have, you know, we'd have lost that match. I just think it was just a really, really tough battling display. Hmm. And you know, and you've got players that have come into the team there. Uh, you know, Duffy, Shalotto, uh, Bisuma, and it's, you know, it's 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 tough when you've not been playing so much to come in hmm. and go there. So I think, as I say, although my Memory of the match is a little hazy. <laughs> I think a lot of guys must have done something, a lot of things, enough, enough right, mm. you know, to nullify their their threat. Yeah. Well, of course, it was a game of musical squads again, wasn't it? With Potter changing the squad round. Um, I mean, the good and bad with that. You can maybe keep people fresher over the longevity of a season, but at the same time, a lot of changes all the time. Do you reckon that's affecting us in any way, or? Do you think it's not a case of that? It's more a case of just that cutting edge up front is making the difference. I don't think the changes are necessarily mm. harming us. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it's it's good for players to get in the team and get run out. It's good for yeah. the players to be, you know, kept on their toes. So, yeah. Well, finally, most importantly, on the Sheffield United away game, where did you go for your drinks? Yeah. So <laughs> this is the important <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, so we could get the she- we could get into the sh- we went to the Sheffield Tap obviously first of all to yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tr- try and uh, start off, but that was packed. Yeah. So we we left there. We went then we went to the um, was it Rutland Arms. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is a cracking pub. Yeah, there's a lot of good pubs I was reading up on. A couple of them must have been in before as well, but yeah, they were both on my my list if I'd have been at the game. Yeah, Rutland yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What time have you got there, by the way? About midday or something? Yeah, about midday. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just, just to paint the picture of how the narrative... <laughs> <laughs> get, get my excuses in <laughs> So you stayed in the Rutland or did you yeah, move we did, on? No, we did stay in the Rutland. Yeah, decent. Uh, so you were imbibing yourself of various uh, local local ales, were you? Absolutely. Yeah, Marvellous stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think, and afterwards, and I think we made it to the Howard, and we did go to the Howard... Um, afterwards, <laughs> and then to the she- and we did make it to the Sheffield Tap ah, right, before okay. getting back yeah. on the train. Great! So you managed to tick two or three off, and then a few yes. more beers on the train as well. And then from then on, it's so woefully predictable, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I, of course, never partake of such activities when I'm on away days. Absolutely, to your credit, Russ. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there we go. So that's the that's the Sheffield United game. It sounds like the beers and the point with the uh, with the pluses from that game, definitely. And we move on. We'll talk about the Palace game a little bit later. Um, a few other bits of news. Just wanted to talk with you about Graham uh, in the news this week. Andy Naylor, now of the Athletic, formerly of the Argus, uh, was reporting that there's an Albion expansion plan. What a stadium expansion plan at the Amex? I don't know if you've heard about this. Not yet. Yeah, there's a report a few days ago. Apparently the plan is, well, according to him, to expand what he thinks might be about 1,250 seats, which would take it to 32,000 square on. Um, other reports seem to be suggesting maybe up to 2,000. 
Um, I mean, we've had Martin Perry at Seagulls over London a few times. Um, also heard him on forums saying the same thing, which was that we're looking to add seats in here and there. There's little pockets of space where you can improvise and add tens here, dozens there, whatever, and gradually boost a little bit. But this is a bit more of a hefty amount. I'm not sure if there's any significant changes going on in the stadium. Clearly, we're not going to rebuild a stand or anything like that. But I think looking at it, I don't know if, from your point of view, but as you're looking out from the north where you normally go, um, looking out to your left, there's the two corners, which currently I think have got disabled spaces. There's a big platform area there. I don't know if maybe they're going to build in there or uh, and then relocate some of the disabled space. I'm not really sure. I don't know if there's other areas where you could add a, a row in front of what we've got at the stadium. Who knows? But... It's got to be a good thing in general if we can get some more people in through the door, isn't it? Oh, we've, doubt. we've apparently got 8,000 on the waiting list and have had for the last couple of years, uh, the season ticket waiting mm. list. So clearly the demand is there. But I suppose it'd be great, wouldn't it, to get more people in? It would put us in line with the likes of Derby, Sheffield United, Sheffield United and Southampton, Leicester. Leicester. They've yeah. all got about that size. Exactly, ground. there's extra, there's extra yeah. couple of thousand. Yeah, so clearly the motivation is to get, apart from to get more revenue in on match days, is also, I think, to be able to qualify us for a certain UEFA category to be able to host senior internationals. So, for example, Southampton have hosted one or two internationals, despite the fact we're mainly based back at Wembley now. Um, they have hosted one or two games yeah. there, I think. Uh, we've hosted 23s and women's seniors, yeah. but we haven't hosted men's seniors. So I think that's part of the thinking as well. So raise the profile. So, yeah, that would be a good thing, I guess. Any further comments on that? I'm just happy to see it. Just see happy it to see it, yeah. I, I wasn't aware of any definite plans. In yeah, this is... I mean, Naylor's... I've spoken to someone high up. It wasn't non-described. A person high up who has apparently revealed that is the plan anyway. But there we go. Um, also this week... Oh, I think it was this week or last week... I don't know if you ever listened to that Peter Crouch podcast, which is actually quite entertaining. I think he comes across quite well. I haven't actually heard this episode yet because I'm about ten episodes behind. But apparently he had, they have Mike Dean on, and uh, <laughs> everyone's favourite, especially at the Albion. Um, you'll be able to explain to anyone that doesn't know why we love Mike Dean, won't you, from uh, certain match, uh, a, an auto-promotion head-to-head at Millsborough, ring a bell. Do you remember the sending off? Dale yes. Stevens. Yeah, yes, Dale Stevens, yeah. Our, our friend ever since, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, Mark absolutely, Dean. yeah. <laughs> he, to be fair, he's, he's been quite mixed with his uh, his performances in games where we've been involved since then. But at the time, he was hate figure number one. Um, apparently, on the, on the Peter Crouch show, he was saying how, amongst other things, he favours um, our opponent's manager on Saturday, Chris Wilder, um, as being one of the most favourable managers in terms of He's agreeable, easy to get on with, likes him as a person. Uh, but he also mentioned our man, Graham Potter, as well, saying he, he's cast in a good light, said he comes across well. Uh, Graham Potter himself has got on record, I think it may have been actually in connection with having that referenced up to him, um, as saying that he likes to avoid criticising referees and he will tend to just spin the positives and just gloss over bad decisions and that sort of thing. Um, I don't think I've heard him criticise a referee yet. No, I've noticed him not do it, if you see what I mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's one of those... In fact, Chris Hewton was like that as well, wasn't he? Yeah. They, they don't tend to criticise. Whether it has any benefit, I don't know. Have you, <laughs> I suppose we've had an even grip, haven't we, on good and bad decisions with refs this season. 
the, the level's been pretty bad overall, I would say, in a lot of games. But I don't think we've had a particular bias or unlucky slant either way, would you say, from your experience as a game this season? No, other than perhaps, you know, the big clubs get getting the, the favourable decisions. Yeah. Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I seem to remember Van Dyke going straight through Avon Connolly. (laughs) Yes, nil nil. Yeah, before then getting fouled. Yeah, because our players were very irate, which led to the free kick. Mm. Yeah, which led to them to Van Dyke scoring. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I mean, we'll see in the long term if it benefits us somehow for Potter being Mr. Congenial. But I mean, I don't think it does any good to criticise him. It certainly won't won't help having a dig at them isn't going to make them like you anymore is it so I suppose it's not too bad but uh, I haven't yet checked out the Mike Dean podcast um, well, the, well the Peter Crouch podcast featuring Mike Dean I'll probably check that out at some point later on um, other news Justin Fashney former player you'll probably remember from the Goldstone days he was only with us a couple of seasons and it was pretty injury ravaged as well sounds a bit like Vicente doesn't it um, but he was with us in the latter part of his career the only player who came out as gay in the men's game in this country. Um, he's been inducted apparently into the Hall of Fame, the Football Hall of Fame, yeah. uh, I think this week or last week, um, which is a good thing, I suppose. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's coincidental or, or deliberate timing. It's, uh, I think February is a week or a month where they have uh, some sort of uh, acknowledgement. I think it's a rainbow campaign or something like that, isn't it, that goes on. So whether the timing is deliberately appropriate like that I don't know um, but yeah obviously a tragic story in the end so he took his own life and uh, but he was he was a good player for us and a fantastic player in general um, so good to see that I think would oh. you agree? Uh, without doubt yeah yeah and um, all the best to, to everybody uh, connected with him you know I hope they're um, happy to see him acknowledged because I think it's only fair that he is he was a cracking player at his time definitely mainly for Norwich of course and um, great goal was he the first million pound black footballer was that right something like that wasn't it I can't remember the actual there was there was some sort of landmark wasn't there I think in his time one of the transfers but uh, I can't remember but I was I was hearing anyway an interview with a Norwich fan um, during his time there after he'd come out Apparently he was getting all sorts of abuse from other players, including teammates. So it shows that that issue is still one that's... It's not a coincidence no one's come out since. And um, still people are reluctant to do so. And you can understand why they would be reticent to do so. It's good to take a very brave man. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And probably towards their end of their career, I would think. Yeah, probably. uh, For the connotations of the risks involved of, of it causing too detrimental effect to their careers to do at an earlier stage but yeah yeah, tough stuff but anyway it's good to see that in the news this week about uh, Justin um, 23s and women's updates the women were playing they lost 1-0 at home to Spurs unfortunately we're probably just about safe just need to get a couple of results to make sure um, I think Bristol City won which didn't help but um, uh, women's team going to be alright do you reckon Yes. Yeah. Yes, they're going to be okay. Uh, it was a narrow defeat. Was it a penalty? Did you say they lost to a pen? Penalty. Yeah. Gutter. And Spurs aren't too far ahead of us in the table, so that was a bit disappointing. Under twenty threes, on the other hand, um, over recent years have been going pretty well in the new academy status era. They've been doing pretty well. Um, last couple of results, I can't remember if I mentioned or whether, whether it happened at the time of the last podcast, but they won two one away at Spurs uh, last time out, and then. At the weekend, 2-1 win at home to Manchester City. So going well. Simon Rusk still in charge. 
rumours he might be staying as well, by the way, rather than taking the Cambridge job. I don't know if that's uh, if that's definitely the case, but yeah, things going well for them. Massively going well. It's very encouraging. It's very exciting. Yeah, we've got a lot of good players out, there, haven't we? Building through the ranks. Have you been following any of the uh, loan stuff? We started doing a loan watch last week, and we'll do another one next week. But uh, seeing how the players are doing, Ben White and uh, Christian Walton. Yeah, I gather Ben White's doing really well. Yeah, sound of a cracking time. I know Leeds have slipped a little bit uh, of late. I don't know if that's that. I don't know if White's performances have slipped a little of late, but think, hopefully not. I think they've had a bit of a, a slight. I think they've been picking his defensive mid, and I think they've oh, really? subsequently suffered for not having them in defence. Yeah, oh, right, okay. Something on those lines. So yeah. they've been, had, a, had a bit of a wobble, but they won again at the weekend. I work with a Blackburn fan, he thinks Christian Walton's a great player. Yeah, he's been doing well. I saw yeah. their game of the weekend, actually. They played. Uh, Brentford, they were 2 0 up and it ended up 2 all. Okay. Um, but Walton made some cracking saves. He looked pretty commanding, couldn't do much about the goals. Ollie Watkins scored their Brentford's first. Um, not dissimilar in some ways to the end of Stevens' goal, actually, for Sheffield United, um, but from the other side. Uh, but he hit it harder and slightly more unexpectedly. And uh, don't think Walton could do anything about it, to be honest. And um, the other goal was, I think, it was a pen. So, um, you know, he couldn't do much about those. He looked like pretty much arguably man of the match, certainly for Blackburn anyway. Right. So he's, going, he's well. going well. And others besides, more on Lone Watch next week. We'll come back to more on that later on. Um, and just one other item I was going to mention to you, Graham. I don't know if you keep in touch with the Argus articles. Exhilarating though they all are. <laughs> I don't, I'll be honest. Oh. You're on your own here, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out. It's right, fantastic. <laughs> there's, there's one article, it's actually quite a few days ago before the match. Um, Ezekiel... Scalotto has obviously come back into the team in, in various uh, sort of uh, moments in recent weeks and obviously was playing at the weekend. Um, before the game, he was talking about how he's hoping to get a contract again beyond this year and he's uh, fighting to do that, hoping to still do it. He has described his suitcase as empty. Apparently, that's uh, <laughs> I think that means he's not planning to move unless he's told to. So, um, would you like to see him stay? Because we've got now got these three right backs, haven't we? Relanti coming in, the young guy, and Montoya. What's your take on... Did someone just shout Bruno out the window? It sounded like it, didn't it? That was a bit weird. Anyway, <laughs> speak, speaking of fullbacks, that was a really weird timing, amongst other things. Anyway... Maybe, uh, what, maybe it's Bruno. It might be him. <laughs> He's having a case for coming back in. But no, we've got Lamptey, we've got Montoya. Should we keep Scalotto from what you've seen of the... Well, two of those three, obviously, and what you've heard about the other? It depends, really, on what... Potter was. It's interesting that Scalotto's mm. forced his way back into the team. Yeah. Because... I didn't see that happening to me. No, no, I, no I, don't, I don't think many people would have, would have seen that happening and that's quite telling. Mm. He's got a lot of energy, he's quite dynamic and he's quite good on going forward and the overlaps, I think there was bits of the game where at West Ham certainly where he made a telling difference after he came on despite the negativity of him being seen on the subs bench getting his kit ready. Um, but he actually did quite well. We haven't seen his Lamptey yet, have we? So yeah, yeah. If he can do the best of the two scenarios, the defending and the attacking, could, he might be the man for the future as first choice. What, Lamptey or... Lamptey, possibly. Yeah. In time, yeah. yeah. Or maybe quite, you know, he's not afraid to put youngsters in, is he, Potter? Yeah. So yeah. we might see Lamptey... Quite, uh, quite soon. Could be the man. I mean, Scalotto, I think the issue is he, he's got a lot of energy, he's got a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, has he got enough quality, out and out quality for the Prem? That's the question. Some people think not, some think 
maybe if he gets more settled run, he could show some of that. I'm not convinced. If we're serious about becoming top you know, ten, yeah, as top ten Uncle in time, says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even just getting to mid table, you probably need someone a bit better than that. Yeah. Yeah. That said. I think he's on a, you know, on current form. You know, he's done well to get back in the team. Mm. I think Montoya, Montoya was on the bench on, um, on no. Saturday, was he? No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting how the the squad moves around because uh, Alexis McAllister wasn't in the squad at all. There was a lot of debate whether he would start the game or whether he'd come off the bench. Most people thought off the bench. <laughs> Nobody was right because he wasn't in the squad. Whether there's an issue, we don't know about. Who knows? But I just think it was too much. It's too much pressure to put on a, on yeah. a young player. You, you, know, you move to another country, yeah. thousands of miles from home. Yeah. He's only 22, I think, as well. Is he? Some of yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're forgetting that because he's been involved at senior level for his club uh, or his loan club. Um, yeah, but I think in all likelihood we'll probably see him off the bench against Palace. That's my guess. What do you reckon? Maybe he's thrown on to, as long as he's not being thrown on to save the game. <laughs> no, 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 just to completely finish him off. Throwing it up by that great. <laughs> All been well. <laughs> and on that subject, we're going to take a short break in order so that I can re-imbibe myself, <laughs> and I'm sure you will want to as well. And after a very brief break, we're going to talk about that very subject: the Palace match, the preview, the big game, the derby match. We did the double last year. We've got a point. We should have got three earlier this season. Are we going to get another win? We'll find out on Saturday, but we'll be talking about it in just a moment. Stay tuned. Jackie Wilson there, isn't that wonderful brand? Do you like a bit of Jackie Wilson? It's good stuff. Ah, oh, it's great, isn't it? It's lovely. Good bit of old school soul as well there. Reed Petit. The uh, reason I'm playing that is you're probably wondering, and uh, I don't blame you. Uh, well, it's just purely for the fact that that is the first bit of music I remember from maybe my first away game, I can't remember if it was or not, which was at Sellers Park when we were playing Palace. It was a 0 0 draw. Uh, league game, I can't remember many more of the details, it would have been in the late 70s or early 80s uh, as a kid, went with my dad's friend who took me out along there, I think we went in the main stand, which I'm presuming is the one opposite where away fans go now, the Arthur Waite because we were in the home end uh, incognito, and I was told to be quiet, but what I do remember about that game was, yeah, it was just uh, Reaper Teeth blaring out, not knowing the song at all at the time, it was quite evocative have you got any memories in general of uh, music at football matches that really paint a picture for you? Uh, I can remember being at Ellen Road. Yeah. In. Oh, you can late... remember this one. You didn't have too many uh, beers this time. Just... No, before no, well, <laughs> no, I think it was fourteen. Oh, I so... Just the two then. <laughs> Uh, I remember, yeah, no, I remember. I remember them playing um, "Eye of the Tiger" and during uh, the warm-up. Yeah, it's when it's when Vinnie Jones was there, hmm. 
and then being on the pitch, and then he was throwing, and then he was throwing punches <laughs> in, the, in his um, in his warm up. In, in time with the music. In time with the music. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. Yeah, another thing he'd probably be actually punching his teammates, wouldn't he, as well? And uh, you wouldn't wouldn't have put it past him. <laughs> no. Yeah. But that's that's great. I, I love those moments. I'm trying to think of others as well. I can't think of any at the moment. If any more come back to me, I'll chuck them in. But music at certain events in life in general and football as well are very evocative, aren't they? I've always liked that song, not because I like Paris, because I certainly don't. Um, maybe I like the nil-nil of the, of the day. I don't think, I don't think there's any more I can remember really about the game apart from that that moment sitting in a stand with the music playing. Uh, probably the first time I'd heard Tannoy music blaring out. Weird, isn't it? How the memory plays on it. But uh, anyway, there we go. That was one memory of mine from Selhurst. I've had many others besides much happier ones. Um, we're not going to Selhurst at the weekend, but we are playing that lot from up the road, literally up the road from where we are. Um, what do you reckon? Are we going to get that much-needed win? Obviously, Ross, <laughs> my heart says that it would, it would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I think it's looking more more like another draw. And if I if I'm if I think that way, I'm, I feel I feel like I'm managing my expectations. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping for the uh, hoping for something a bit better. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's it, isn't it? You don't want to set yourself up for a fall. I think most most mates of mine have got a thing about the Palace game in terms of they all pretty much hate it because of the intensity of it, the anxiety of losing to the rivals on top of what quite often is uh, a key point uh, or a key match anyway for us. Obviously, we've got the playoffs. We've had other games um, which have been of significance. And at the moment, given our situation... Losing to them, for example, would pretty much put them safe, because I think they'd be on 37, which is neither here nor there, but it would also give them a real stick-one-to-us kind of scenario, wouldn't it, in terms of really plummeting us back in. A draw wouldn't wouldn't help. I mean, they'd probably be happier with that than we would. Um, maybe not entirely happy, but it would leave us nervous anyway, wouldn't it? Point or, or zero wouldn't be great. It is I think we can't lose it, Ross. We've got, yeah, we've got to avoid losing it. Always got to avoid losing to your rivals anyway. And this one in particular has become nerve-wracking because we've gone through a series of games we could have won and we've drawn all of them apart from one which we've lost. So <laughs> it's not a great run-up to the game, is it? <laughs> but um, I think we could do it. Uh, I understand you're not able to make the game as well, guttingly. No, I'll be, out, I'll be watching in a pub out of area, so I'll be at the Five Bells on Streatham High Road. <laughs> Which is, which is a bit of a mix. So we were there for the uh, the game at Sellers Park in December, and there was a mixture of Brighton and Palace fans in there. So yeah, oh well, <laughs> yeah, was yeah. it lively or, or it, congenial? Uh, we, it was friendly where we were. There, there was it was somewhere else. It, there was another guy that was being quite uh, vociferous. <laughs> <laughs> what Brighton fan? No, no, Palace fan. So. It must be so you have to pick your, your places to go to watch these games, don't you? Because uh, well, I can't go down the local, I can't go down the railway telegraph, which is very near um, Thornton Heath railway station, which is um, which is uh, my local. Yeah. So you would go in there as a normal. Yeah, day, normally. But yeah. not on a match day. No. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you'll be doing something similar to what you did for that the Streatham game, will you? For that one. Yeah. Going up. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And we'll see how it pans out. Um, in terms of the match, um, I've got no idea. Team, well, Graham Potter's team news. The news is we've got no idea. and We can't have any idea <laughs> what he's going to pick. So we've got absolutely no input whatsoever on that side of things. Palace have been playing um, fairly steadily. They've got a few injuries. I think, as I understand it, Tompkins has just picked up an injury to add to what's already a fairly sizable list of injuries for them. Um, as far as I know, Ben Teke is available, which is obviously always good news, especially if he plays. <laughs> Although now I've said that, he's going to score a hat-trick. Um, but, I mean, apart from the obvious few, um, it's going to be just uh, a case of wait and see. We've, we've had games where we played Palace, and I've been pleased with the lineup they've had because I felt they've had injuries and didn't think they would do well. Um, putting on James MacArthur at half-time earlier this season as a makeshift left-back because Riedervelt has done so badly, he got taken off, I think. Um, it was not really an issue, um, uh, because they, they still did better in the second half, negated us, and managed to get the draw. So that was a bit of a gutter. Um, so you, I don't read too much into whatever the team news is, to be honest, because one way or the other, it's never going to pan out exactly as you're hoping or thinking. Um, one thing I was keeping an eye on was Milivojevic um, was on nine yellows before the weekend. I forgot to check before coming on air, but... I don't think he got books, um, in which case he will be available. He's, he's a handy player, and if they get a penalty, um, obviously that's going to be um, likely to get converted because he's pretty good at doing so. Not that they get any penalties because that, that guy, what's his name, Zar something? I can't remember his name. He always stays on his feet, so uh, unlikely to Very be. Very honest player, Russ. He's an honest player. Very honest as the day is short. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, I'm sure we won't be bitching about him come Monday. Um, but anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't want to predict too much. I've got no idea how the game will pan out. All I will say is that uh, we've been doing quite well recently. Our history against them is pretty good in terms of... I think we've only lost one out of six, if you count the FA Cup match as well that we had a couple of seasons ago. So we're in a position of reasonable strength in terms of recent history... That, of course, counts for absolutely nothing whatsoever. <laughs> oh, oh, throw it in oh my word, that's it. <laughs> We've totally screwed it down. 100% guaranteed. definitely need to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just a quick word on our overall head-to-head while we're on the subject of Palace. Do you know who's ahead in the head-to-heads? No. Well, we've drawn 26 games. I'll get that one out of the way. Uh, we've won 40 uh, head-to-heads, and we've lost 36. So we're ahead. Even before we did the double last season, we were ahead on the head-to-heads. Didn't start too well for us, just looking through the history books. The first time we played them was on, would you believe it, Christmas Day, 1920. This was a thing, wasn't it? I think they used to play on Christmas Day, and then, and sometimes on Boxing Day as well, as back-to-back games. It was this mad, mad crap they used to do back in the old days. Proper football, then. Proper football, yeah. <laughs> Two kick <laughs> <laughs> no, there's fussing about, it's straight down play. Um, so we, it didn't do us any good, because Division 3 South, uh, we played them at the Goldstone and lost 2-0 at home. We then played them on the 27th of December, two days later. Luxury, days break in between, and lost 3-2 up there. So it wasn't great. We The next time we played them, 25-26 season, we won the home game 3-2, our first win, but lost the away game 2-1. And then it's a mixed bag from there. There's been quite a few thrashings, mainly from them. They've had a 6-0, a couple of 5-0s, a 5-1. We've had a 5-0, that's our record score against when them. When was that? 
Um, that was in the 19-somethings. <laughs> For our side. <laughs> it was before we were, uh, were anything more just a glint in the, the milkman's eye or something like that. Uh, my yeah, that... first game, boss, was... <laughs> my first Palace match was the match we lost 5-0. Oh, the Andy, uh, John... Andy, Andy, Andy Johnson, Johnson game, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Agony, absolute agony that game, wasn't it? 3-0 yeah. down after 20, was it? 15-20 minutes? It was... Something like that. It's it horrible. Was, yeah. So you do pick your moments then, don't you? Oh. That's not as good as the Liverpool one, is it? <laughs> also, you got into the game. I got in, well. I got in. Exactly. Double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sixth deal that we lost was at Sellers Park on the 11th of February 1950. As we're chatting away, I will improvise and continue to look and see if I can find where that 5 0 win was. Um, here we go. It was. January the 14th, 1956. didn't take us too long to get our revenge. 5-0, Division 3 South again, which is a bit of a recurring theme for the fixtures between the two sides, um, which also alludes to the fact we're both relatively the same size, although I think we may be getting the edge on that in recent years with our sellouts versus theirs. But um, anyway. Yeah. They build that, uh, they've got plans, haven't they? Oh, the monstrosity, uh, yeah. The, I saw that's not going to quite fit with the rest of the ground, yeah. That's going to look a little bit horrendous, isn't it? But it would, I think it would take their ground to 34,000, I think, something like yeah. that. Yeah. But as I said, the only, the only defeat we've had in recent years is 3-2 um, in the Premier League. Three two, oh, yes, 3-2. I forgot about that game. Yeah, just looking at the uh, stats on that. That was April the 14th, 2018, not long ago, a couple of years ago. Um, that was the season where we'd won the... Well, we'd drawn the home game, 0-0, which was a dire affair. I think that was the game of the, all those shenanigans with all the flares, wasn't it? Yeah, I did see yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Then we had the 2-1 FA Cup win when Glenn Murray with the wasn't a handball or wasn't it winner, which definitely wasn't a handball, uh, glad to say. And uh, that was, in fact, the very first British VAR decision. There we go. Uh, so we got the win there, but we lost the league game, so they took four points off us. As I said, after that, we did the double last year. This year, the one-all draw... Um, you, you weren't at the game, were you? No. Uh, but, um, it was it was a disappointing result, really. We were all well, over after we after we totally dominated in the yeah, first half. Completely, half, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Going at, going at half time, only nil nil. Just yeah. I mean, they felt like, felt like a missed opportunity. Yeah, they 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 sorted themselves out a little bit. They they organised a bit better, made a bit of a tactical switch, and MacArthur weirdly did work better at left back in that game. Other than that, even then, it's still. Even at best, and they just got a, a snapshot out of the blue from Zaha, that man, and uh, he's uh, yeah, he's done us again, hasn't he? And it was a one-all. But you know, hopefully that, along with other disappointing results where we should have won, won't cost us at the end of the season. We hope not. Um, so we'll see what happens. You've, and uh, Graham, you've you've been to some Palace games in the past. Difficult to get tickets now because, as you said earlier, you don't have a season ticket. So obviously, it does make it impossible for the. Uh, for the, the away games, for the away yeah. games. Yeah. I think in terms of the home game, I presume we're just not available for that one yeah. in general. But in terms of away games past, I know this is a home game we've, we've got coming up, but tell us about your favourite away games past. I'm guessing the 5-0 isn't going to feature in this no. little, uh, little conversation, but go on. But, uh, on or off the pitch, what were your uh, amusing experiences? Well, obviously, I've seen us win there. But, you know, Well, the only time I've seen us win there in... October 2005. Oh, you were there? Going there as uh, big, you know, big underdogs. Uh, we stood a lot of pressure that night. Yeah. And, yeah, to get, uh, you know, come away with a win. 
fantastic with them. Did you put a bet on? Did you win a fortune? Everyone else seems to have done. I did, in fact, win a, a grand on that game. So I had, I had McShane at 50 to 1, first scorer and last scorer, uh, 10 each were on, on each. Didn't even realise or remember that I'd put both on. I would cele- I'd celebrated the first goal, knowing I'd won some money, obviously celebrated it for its, in its own right. And it's only on the walk back to a pub in Ballon where we went to where I discovered that um, I'd actually won 500 on both counts. Uh, so that was happy days. But, uh, it's a very happy day. Yeah, fantastic. That was probably the best away atmosphere I think I've been at at a, at a derby game. Yeah. Would you agree? I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, I don't know when the last time we'd won before then was. I think it was probably a very, very long time. Yeah, I think it was one in the 80s. And I, yeah. I, I, I should know because I've been to all the games since I've been allowed to go <laughs> from, <laughs> from kid age onwards. But um, but yeah, I think we did have one in the 80s. But in terms of atmosphere, that's the best I've been at yeah. in terms of the Palace Brian games. Um, pretty good going. Uh, it's great. McShane didn't even actually score it. Apparently which is not, the so the <laughs> Yeah, but they paid out, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mad night, actually, because I, apart from um, meeting up with um, a mate of a mate who said he was going to the game, I, was, I didn't have anybody to go with, and I had a ticket. So um, I went along with this guy, a mate of a mate, nice bloke, met him before the game, had a few pints. He was meeting up with his mates that turned out to be Spencer Vignes. I don't know if you know the author He's also a journalist. I think he wrote for Match of the Day magazine, possibly The Observer, if I'm getting that right. And latterly, he's done the Bloody Southerners book, which is about Clough's time at Brighton. And oh, yeah. Um, good lad, really nice guy. Never met him before. We walked round uh, the grounds because he'd organised a, um, a paid-for ticket, um, which he had to collect from the, through the press guys um, in the away end. Um, he had to go round. So we walked round the grounds... And he collected his te- ticket. We're walking around. We're still in the home territories, walking to the away turnstile. And he's there shouting, Seagulls! At the top of his voice. Like, oh, my God, what are you doing? We're still in the, away, in the home area. Uh, we've, got, we've got some dogs abuse, obviously, for it. Uh, luckily, nothing more than that. That was a bit mad. Walked into the grounds. Amazing atmosphere. I've never heard anything like it in an away game, apart from Sheffield Wednesday in the playoffs, I think, was the only other one. But superb atmosphere. We got the win. Everything went nuts. We went about three or four rows in front when we celebrated. The celebration seemed to go on forever. Um, yeah, the beauty of... Do you remember the Clinton Morrison offside as well when it was 1-0? When he went in on goal, it was flagged early. Right. Palace were focusing on the ball and the player. We'd seen across the pitch to the other side in our line of view because I think we were in the other end of the Arthur Waite stand. Yeah, you were, we were. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were looking across and we had the linesman directly in our eye line could see flags and he was clearly offside uh, put it in the back of the net the Palace fans were celebrating like mad and then quickly realised as they looked over to us to bait us uh, about the scenario that we were already baiting them about the scenario <laughs> because we already knew that wasn't going to happen and it stayed at 1-0 fantastic day and Paul McShane as well uh, after he'd scored I'm pretty sure he put in a fantastic challenge like, yes absolutely he, he literally I don't know who, who had their chance, but it looked nailed on that, that it was the equaliser. And it was in the box. Yeah, in the box. It wasn't far out. And yeah. he came yeah, a brilliant challenge. Happy it? days. Yeah. Happy days. And, I mean, the, the evening just got bizarre for me because afterwards, as I said, I walked out with these, these guys and they said, well, we could, we'd meet him, a mate in Ballum, come along. So I was there with Spencer and his mate, 
Gareth and we were walking up the road. That's when I realised I won the other 500. So it was a grand. Phoned the wife, got her to log into my account to check it was actually true. And um, then bought the first round in with, uh, with plenty of enthusiasm in this pub. We're in the pub and you mentioned vinyl earlier, so you're a music man. I'm sure you'd appreciate this story. We're in the pub chatting away and um, there was a video screen above the bar. It's quite a big pub we're in. I can't remember the name of the place. Um, and um, I said, oh, that's uh, Pete Townsend up there. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, we get quite a few really good musicians in. So you're probably looking at footage of someone we had in at some point recently. So no, OK, OK. So he then went to the loo, came back and said, no, just have a look. That's actually live, a live feed. He's in the back of the pub now. So we walked and walked round and caught 10 minutes of this bluesy set that Pete Townsend was doing at the back of this pub for free as well. I thought, this evening is just ridiculous. It's like a... F- Fairy tale script, it's unbelievable. That was it, boy. That's amazing. Yeah, on top of everything else that had gone on. Be- being Palace alone. You won a grand? Won a grand. Big Palace. Ballet. And you walked into the pub and Pete Townsend was playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get me. You think the same. I've had worse nights. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky to make it home, actually. I think I was on night buses to get back home that night, so I could tell you. Oh, but that was in the Bedford? It might be the Bedford, yeah. That rings a bell. Yeah, is that in Ballon? Yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah. yeah. And a mate of mine, Joe, uh, who's Clapham Gull on uh, North Stand Chat, he lived in the Ballon area. He might know the pub as well, I'll have to ask him. But yeah, it might well be the Bedford. It's a big pub, isn't yeah, it? It's it's a big, a big pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a big venue at the back, like almost exactly. like a theatre yeah. type space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that might be the place. There we go. Happy days. Well, maybe we should have a beer in there one time. Speaking of beers, just to mention, we're in the Gladstone Arms as normal. We are glad all over to be here. Thought we'd throw that old tenuous link in for the Palace fans uh, who won't be listening to this, but never mind. And we are drinking a pint of South London ale, aren't we? Well, South London beer. A pint of Hepcat each. Cheers, cheers, oh, cheers. cheers. Excellent. This is a cracking beer. Uh, they have this regularly on tap in here. Hepcat. They've got Baller, which is fantastic, which we had last week, and various others. Remind me, do you know the other ones? This brewery, I can't remember the ones I found. There's um, from Gypsy Hill, yeah, Gypsy Hill, Gypsy Hill Brewery, yeah, yeah. which is obviously Paris territory. There or thereabouts, good beer, though. It's good beer. I've got a begrudgingly got handed to them. This is this is a cracking pint. Always enjoy a pint of Hepcat when I'm in there in the Gladstone Arms, and I'm glad all over, but not in that way. (laughs) (laughs) So, we'll see, we'll see what happens with the Paris game. That's pretty much it for this episode. So, Graham, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Any further comments on it? No? Uh, that's what? It. <laughs> <laughs> have you enjoyed yourself? yourself? I have enjoyed myself. Oh, fantastic. Well, that, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, all we can hope is, I'm going down to the game. I've been on um, a little bit of uh, self-imposed austerity measures. I'm self-employed. Work's been quiet, so I've had to give a few games a miss in recent weeks. I haven't been down to the Amex since the Sheffield United home game. Um, pre-Christmas so I've been missing a few games I did go go to West Ham away as anyone that heard episode 5 of this podcast will know from my drunken ramblings Uh, but I'm going down I'm looking forward to the match on Saturday it's lunchtime kickoff for anyone going 12.30 I think or thereabouts and I'm hoping as Jackie Wilson might say that we're going to get well the sweetest feeling after the game let's hope so you hope so Graham? of course come on we could do it Stand or fall up the album. The closer you get, the better you look, baby. Can you sing along? No. <laughs> the better you look, the more I want you.
<laughs> Don't blame it. Neither am I. Let's leave it to the experts. When you turn on your star, <laughs> as we talk smartly, just get away with doing this. Is he outside of the rights issues areas anyway? Is it old enough to not be in the rights issue area anyway? He could have played the whole song on the uninterrupted. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, enjoy, enjoy. Well, just as a quick podcast extra, I'm still with Graham. We've just had a little conversation off air and we thought we should chuck it on air, just to self-indulge here, really. Um, trickled goals. Uh, we've had a few of them. West Ham, with the Pascal Gross, Gross thing. We've had others, haven't we? What, what other games can it you just, remember? It was just, it just reminding me, in, you know, we're talking about here, of Guy Butters. Ah, <laughs> oh, the man, when, the legend. <laughs> we outrageously won 1-0. At West Ham. At West Ham. I think I've only ever win at Upton Park. Yeah. Should have been 6-0 down at half-time. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. 0-0, but his header um, that he scored that day yeah. seemed to take forever <laughs> to cross the line. And it was just a slow motion. It was like, that is never going to go in. <laughs> oh, oh, God, it has gone in. And what are we going to do? We do the same thing this season with Pascal Gross, albeit not a header, but still. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Slow goals against West Ham. This conversation came up on air. This conversation came up on air on, on account of the fact my wife's just arrived at the pub and reminded us about uh, trickling goals. Uh, well, actually, we were talking about winning money at games, weren't we? The, uh, the fated Palace game with McShane. And uh, she reminded me that I won money on that Butters goal as well. I, that was the other time I've won some serious money at the football. Can't remember what the odds were, but I um I think I put fiver on at ten at uh, I can't remember what it was now. But I, I won I basically won two hundred quid on butters trickling that goal across the line. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically my winnings comprised someone who didn't actually head it in was accredited to have done so, and a guy who headed it in in instalments. Fantastic, in brilliant slow time. Yeah. And we were talking also Kitson, Paul Kitson, I think it was, the older of the Kitsons that we know in the football world. We had on loan briefly. He was about as injured as Vicente was while he was with us. Um, and it, we reckon his trickling goal, which is the third of this triumvirate of fantastic tricklages, was for Albion at Reading. It was a way to Reading. It was a way to Reading. It was on TV, I think, as well, that game. It was a Friday night. Friday night game, yeah. You were there, I was there. We didn't know each other then, but um, you apparently don't remember much about the game, Graham. It was messy. Bit of a recurring theme going on here, I think. Yeah, that's all I can <laughs> bring to the table. And you were going home to Barnet at the time? To Barnet. And where did you end up? Welling Garden City. <laughs> Fantastic. That's up there with the best of mine. A leaving do in central London ended up in Cambridgeshire. Yeah, that wasn't bad. I've also gone to back home, or tried to go back home to Southgate, after a night out, Southgate being in North London, and the bus driver on the night bus that I bumbled my way onto clearly heard the word South and didn't care about the rest, woke up in Wimbledon. 
I had to get a cab back just to get back to central London. Bloody nightmare. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that rounds things up after your Sheffield United anecdote as well. That rounds things up nicely. So there we go. A little podcast extra for you boys and girls. Anyway, cheers. Good night. Stand or fall up the Albion. Cheers. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.